evening and welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. Eric here with a catch-up on my progress on Somewhere in Between, your 2024-plus readings from Planet Waves, the 26th annual edition of Planet Waves, and a look at current astrology. Just briefly, I am moving along with the written readings. I'm doing those first. I like to start with what is more challenging and more involved, and uh, these essays are turning out to be something special. Uh, they are book chapter length readings using the solar chart. Uh, so I'm basically, for those of you who are old timers, I'm using the same basic techniques as Linda Goodman and Patrick Walker, Jonathan Kainer, Debbie Kempton Smith. That is the solar chart, though it's a special calling for certain astrologers to do this solar chart astrology, which also works for your rising sign and produces a lot of really helpful, kind of beautiful information. And we're heading into a very exciting time, uh, that time being somewhat hinted at in the chart for the moment, which I will uh, get into in one second. Today, I've been working on the Gemini reading that will probably uh, go into tomorrow. Then I'm planning to do Planet Waves FM, and I'll pick up over the weekend with Sagittarius. And then I am closing in on the end of these 12 written readings. Our proofreading staff consists of Allison Ogden, Je Jessica Keat, Iva Vizi, and they are all going over these readings and making sure that they are smooth and don't have any typographical errors that take you out of your experience of reading. And each of these is a distinct reading. I am not repeating myself in these, and uh, they, they will be a satisfying read. If you know absolutely nothing about astrology, I bring you right in from the first sentence. And if you are an experienced astrology reader, I think you will find them especially good. And for those who are astrology students, uh, I leave my notes in the margin such that you can follow what I am doing and, and see the structure that I'm working within and how I'm interpreting certain transits like Chiron and Aries and an eclipse conjunct Chiron and Aries uh, that takes place in uh, in early April. But the star of the show really is the ingress of Pluto into Aquarius. Made a brief visit early in 2023 for about three months in the Northern Hemisphere spring of 2023. Uh, then it retreated back into Capricorn for its last big dip into Capricorn. Uh, that is about to end in less than a month on the 20th of, uh, of, of January. Uh, Pluto enters Aquarius where it will be through September. It'll dip back into Capricorn for a couple of months uh, for a very short visit, just grazing the edge of Capricorn, prompting a review and catching up on old business. Anything left over from the Pluto and Capricorn era may come up during that one final visit. I mean, it only goes in one-third of one degree. I mean, consider that. That that might not have happened had things just been slightly different at the time the Earth was set in its orbit or whatever set all these things into, into motion. So speaking of Pluto, uh, I'm doing this recording at 524.33 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time in Kingston, as usual. And at this moment, the moon is in very late Cancer, 
about to make an opposition to Pluto in very late Capricorn. Uh, the full moon was on the 26th. Uh, that was a tense experience, wasn't it? There was some, uh, uh, the, the emotional nature of the full moon combined with the emotional nature of the sign Cancer, uh, highlighting uh, all, all, you know, this uh, sense of uh, kind of a swell or rising tide of some kind. And while that's going on, we are uh, in, well, we're now in the end stage of uh, Mercury retrograde. The, the special intensity of this Mercury retrograde, or perhaps its theme, has uh, been about how it began the retrograde back about a little more than two weeks ago with Mercury in a conjunction to a minor planet, a centaur, kind of like Chiron, called Pholus. And the, the nature of Pholus is the pressurized release. Think of a champagne bottle opening up and all the contents flying out or the old thing, which I never, I've never done this. I mean, have you done this? You, you get a bottle of a soda and drop a couple of Mentos candies in and the thing just jets up five, six, seven feet in the air. I have not done that, but that's very foulless in nature. Uh, the metaphor of a genie coming out of the bottle, not going back in, that's all very foulless. And so Mercury stationed retrograde, right conjunct foulless, right conjunct this influence of things getting out. And so you may have had some experience of something, some idea, some information uh, getting out um, and uh, it's not going back in, so you know, pretty much deal with it. Uh, at the moment, Mercury is uh, is is has retrograded into Sagittarius. I didn't realize how far back it was. I'm looking at a kind of an animated chart program right now for this moment, uh, and uh, and Mer Mercury has made it all the way back to 2338 Sag. Uh, it has it re-entered Sag. Uh, I don't know, maybe about five days ago, and kept going retrograding back over to the galactic center, and now it is very close to its stationary direct degree, uh, and that takes place on New Year's Day. Um, the, it is it is exciting and a little bit ominous to see Pluto hanging out in the last degree of Capricorn. Um, to 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 be an astrologer is almost always to do a lot of work with Pluto. Pluto changes signs only rarely. Uh, I began as an astrologer when Pluto was basically making the transition from Scorpio into Sagittarius, so my astrology career carries that Scorpio-Sagittarius flavor to it. And some of the things that I write about and the, uh, the the way that I approach the psychological matters of astrology and matters of sexuality that are contained in Scorpio. And then me and the rest of the community of astrologers, which was kind of smaller and a little more closely knit at that point in the very early days of the internet, watched and experienced Sagittarius go through, Pluto go through Sagittarius. And this was, uh, this was the era of globalism, global this, global that, global the other thing, the World Trade Organization and world that organization and hadn't heard of the, well, didn't know the importance of the world so-called health organization at that time. We were more focused on the 
the, the WTO as were activists. And so all this is going on and world beat music is taking hold and world beat cuisine and all of that is, uh, is happening. And then 9-11 happens and that was the kind of a peak moment of uh, Pluto and Sagittarius. That's Saturn opposite Pluto. And then uh, time goes on and uh, Pluto made its change into Capricorn. And that was just ominous. I mean, it seemed within minutes of Pluto going into Capricorn, banks and insurance companies. If I was talking about it last week or on the show, AIG was the insurance company I was thinking about. This massive, massive insurance firm uh, that, that needed to be bailed out by the federal government. I suspect that they were insuring banks or carrying reinsurance on organizations that were failing um, and they they were and, and you know they were uh, the banks and all were recapitalized and this sets the tone for Pluto in Capricorn um, as being about banking and so pretty much every single day in the news beginning from the, the minute that Pluto arrived in Capricorn in 2008 we were being kind of treated to or pelted by or pelted with banking stories. And now that era, uh, which incredibly began during the Bush-Cheney administration, usually called the Cheney-Bush administration, because it was really President Cheney and Vice President Bush, um, and spanned the entire Obama administration. Then that spanned the entire Trump administration. And now uh, into the last year of the Biden administration, uh, hopefully chapter one of one of the Biden administration. And so there's a long era, a long, very condensed, compact uh, 15 years or so, 16 years. And and this has been the, the time of uh, seeing the consequences of the internet, the rise of the internet really happens in the early 1990s. The commercial internet is pretty well established in the early 1990s. Um, and uh, one of the charts I keep above my desk, uh, hanging on the, on the wall high up, is the introduction of the iPhone uh, by by Steve Jobs at some Mac convention. And, and in, in that chart, uh, there's a lot of Sagittarius. Uh, Jupiter's in Sag. There's a Mars-Pluto conjunction in Sag. And that was, uh, let me turn that I tend to work in the dark. Uh, that was in January 2007, right before the Pluto and Capricorn era began. And so the flame is passed on the internet to the phone at the end of the Pluto in Sagittarius era. Then Pluto and Capricorn comes along, and we start to see the effects, the influences uh, of of what this thing of pretty much everyone having a computer in their pocket, by computer I mean, you know, telecommunication center, post office, uh, movie studio, camera, international uh, telephone device, and then s soon after, you know, any one of 10 million apps, as they're called. Okay, so Pluto now, last degree Capricorn. That is momentous. Um, it looks momentous. It feels momentous. It, it is. Uh, it, it says to astrologers, "We are at the edge of a new era." And though it is not supposed to work, and and though uh, you know generations follow, they kind of take their own course. These Pluto in sign eras are important. And now 
Pluto is about to enter the sign associated with the internet itself, Aquarius, the sign of, uh, of, of uh, energy patterns and social configuration, social patterns, society itself in the, in the immediate sense of uh, who we see around us, all of that is ruled by Aquarius. Pluto is coming to town. And so there are going to be various shocks and transformations of the internet associated with this Pluto ingress. All right, so uh, though I'm a little ahead of myself this week, this is uh, still apropos of the moment. Uh, in this chart, let's just give a few more clues as to what's in this chart. The moon is about to enter Leo. That seems like it'll be around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, maybe uh, 7.30 p.m. It has one whole degree to go to cover. It's going to be opposite Pluto for that two-hour span. So if you're feeling some special kind of um, mojo or perhaps isolation or perhaps some sense of loss or longing, that's Moon Pluto. It's Moon and it will pass as the Moon enters Leo and a new story begins. Also, speaking of being at the end of a sign, uh, that would include Venus. And let's uh, let's get a, a my events panel up, and we want to see when Venus, which is now in degree twenty nine of Scorpio, uh, enters Sagittarius, and that takes place on the. 29th at 3.23 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's Friday afternoon uh, Eastern Time. Um, as everyone's going home for, uh, here at least in the United States, as people are getting ready to go home for the New Year's uh, weekend, Venus enters Sagittarius. That should lighten the energy up a little bit. Um, if you have not noticed, it has been a little bit dense and emotional and heavy, and getting Venus into a fire sign uh, will move things along a little bit. Of course, just as it does that, Venus makes a sextile to Pluto, picking up a little bit of that Plutonian energy uh, and, uh, and taking it with it into Sagittarius. Um, in other, what I consider to be relevant news, Mars is in the news. Mars is about to cross over the galactic center. Uh, Mars is currently, uh, well, let's see where it is now, the 2543 tomorrow. Mars, as of this minute, is at 2503 um, of, uh, of, of Sag. Now, another thing Mars is doing is it is uh, making a square to Neptune. Now, uh, that will peak Friday and Saturday. Uh, I, I am not a teetotal. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest fan of alcohol, but in terms of uh, mind-altering substances, uh, uh, I'm, 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 I would never say, oh, never do that kind of a thing. But I, but just so you know that I'm not here uh, advertising, uh, you know, being a Seventh-day Adventist. But hey, who knows? Maybe I'll have a conversion experience. But that said, Mars square Neptune encourages moderation. And it encourages moderation for a number of reasons. And one of them is because indulgence can have, overindulgence can have a self-destructive quality. Now, I don't know if there are more drunk driving arrests during Mars-Neptune uh, aspects, Mars square, Mars opposite, Mars conjunct Neptune. I don't know if there's more drunk driving arrests. It would be interesting to do that. It would certainly be easy enough to contact police agencies and do a study uh, informal, of course, uh, wouldn't be a proper 
blah, blah, blind, uh, you know, study, but just to get a sense of it, but the energy of now, why would someone do that? Why would someone just, you know, be shit faced and go out for cat food and then get arrested and make their life really miserable, complicated and expensive and effectively lose their citizenship in the United States. I don't know where you live, but in the United States, your driver's license is kind of your citizenship, your, your ability to move around, your, your free, you know, you're especially not in an urban area. Uh, my friends in San Francisco, New York City and stuff, they, they don't need a car so much. There's good buses and subways, but most of the country is not like that. And so this Mars Square Neptune thing, particularly New Year's weekend, uh, amplified by the galactic center, which can impart all kinds of a sense of uh, confidence and, uh, you know, being uh, divinely inspired or something like that, feeling like you've got divine protection. Uh, be cool. Stay home. Do your thing at home or go out with me. I'm the universal designated driver. I'm always happy to be the person to not consume any substances whatsoever before I get behind the wheel and uh, drives everyone home safely. And um, well, I wouldn't mind getting pulled over uh, on New Year's Eve. Not that I go out on New Year's Eve, but uh, I, I, I'm the guy to pull over on New Year's Eve like, hey, what's going on? Been drinking? Absolutely not. So maybe, maybe be that person. Uh, but what I'm saying is for this and other reasons, it's not a good weekend to... Uh, take too many chances. Uh, for example, Vesta's in the picture. Uh, when when Vesta's in the picture, something might get sacrificed. Uh, don't let that be your life. All right, now, um, the sun is in degree seven of Capricorn, already a week past the solstice, moving right along. And the sun has been making conjunctions to all of these points in early Capricorn. Uh, those include a uh, trans-Neptunian point, not object, a point called Cupido, 500-year orbit or something like this, moving very slowly through Capricorn, as well as Ixion. That's kind of the mean streak of the minor planets, kind of bad boy father of the centaurs, except for Chiron and Pholus. Uh, and also a point called what I'm, I've been calling Quayar, I used to call it Quayar, that actually now seems to, I've read, that's actually Q-U-A-O-A-R. Anybody speak Tungva? Uh, it's not Spanish. It's, it's uh, the Indians from the L.A. area, the, the Tungva people. Uh, anyway, this is their creation god, deity, who's a dancer, dances creation into existence. That's there, but more significantly, Pholus is that we began talking about Pholus where the Mercury retrograde began, the release of the pressurized aromatic substance in the Pholus myth, that's wine. And anytime Pholus is prominent, there's a caution against overindulgence in alcohol and other intoxicating substances. Now, you uh, might read the horoscope, and you can be sure whenever you see me give any kind of a caution about alcohol, there's either going to be a hard aspect, 90-degree 90, 90 type aspect between Mars and Neptune, or an aspect involving Pholus. And now, New Year's weekend, we have both. Okay, you get the idea. 
what else happening? Uh, I I think that's uh, th- that's kind of it for now. Uh, uh, Mer- Mercury is in what some call storm phase. Uh, it is ch- changes directions. Let's end on that chart since really it's it is the current uh, nodal point. Uh, toward which everything is headed, and it'll it'll be kind of a sea change. It is New Year's Day. Uh, stations, Mercury goes direct. I'm using the late, great IO Sprite program. By the way, for those of you waiting for Solar Fired to come out for Mac, uh, I call up Astrolabe every year, and they have assured me that it is close uh, and that I'm on the beta test list. And, and that will finally be something much better that replaces IO Edition. IO Edition was good as far as it went. Uh, Astro, Astrolabe Solar Fire in total is a work of genius, and I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on the Mac version of that. That said, Mercury Station Retrograde takes place 1 1 24 uh, at 10.07 p.m standard time the the night of new year's eve out in europe it'll be overnight uh monday to tuesday so in all, you know all points uh, east well not not in the newfoundland time zone but any point east of that it will be uh the second so overnight first second mercury stations direct uh, for those of you who do things like wait for mercury retrograde to end to do things Give it a few days. Give it a minute. Let it let let see where things shake out. One last aspect I'm noticing is that Venus is square Saturn uh, at the time of Mercury stationing direct. It is slightly separating. Venus's number is a little higher than Saturn's. Venus is a lot quicker than Saturn, but that too is advising. Uh, a little delay, particularly on matters of a financial nature. All right, that is what I have to say to you. Uh, I am going to package this up, get it to all the appropriate places, get the horoscope out. Uh, This is the last horoscope I I wrote way back in, maybe it was November. I had horoscopes all, all written, thankfully, uh, it, it has taken everything I've got to do these somewhere in between readings, uh, but I'm likely to uh, stop that at some point, uh, maybe Sunday or, or Monday, and do a couple of new weekly horoscopes and get back to work. We'll have at least the written readings in your hands on time. Um, there's no pushing this river, and I am impressed that I'm doing work of this quality uh, with with Mercury retrograde uh, and uh, so much having happened, but I'm glad I'm not up till four o'clock in the morning every night writing the COVID chronology, which I did for years. And I am, uh, as of, you know, a year ago, I still, still feel the silence and calm. Um, around my life, and I've uh, more or less put that whole project down, but I am in regular contact with Mark and Sam Bailey, and I'm in regular contact with Mike Stone, uh, both the creme de la creme of the uh, medical truth movement, brilliant people, by the way. I'll say more about this tomorrow. 
Um, and uh, that is it. Thank you for uh, being around. Thanks for being a subscriber. You really make a difference by being a subscriber, particularly in the incredibly competitive spirit that the internet has right now. And um, we're doing it, though. We're here, and um, we're, we're Planet Waves continues to happen uh, thanks to the meeting place <clears throat> of me and you and a few great people, Eli, Tuttle, Dia Mansback, Iva VZ, Allison Ogden, Jessica Keat, our accountant, Craig, our bookkeeper, Jenny. We're doing it. All right. Thank you again. Lots of love and bye for now. Mm-hmm.